cringy. Welcome to After the Act, a film podcast where we talk about movies and shows that we watch. We are your hosts. I am Randy, here with... Gingy. Oh, Gingy, we have a special episode for you guys today, April 1st, on April Fool's Day. We're going to finally give the people what they want, what they've been asking for since we were born. And that is a podcast reviewing the entire series of The Ginger Dead Man. Talk about double stuffed. Ha! Oh. And there's going to be a lot of that in this episode, unfortunately. Or fortunately. Um, man, it's it's hard to even know where to begin with such a legendary franchise. But I guess we can just start with our relationship with the Ginger Dead Man uh, history. So, so Gingy, why, why are we doing this? Because <laughs> this is going to be a fucking cakewalk. <laughs> All right, no, enough of that. Uh, <laughs> I've literally spent way too much time watching this entire franchise and i can honestly say it's not worth it <laughs> uh this is what we do for you guys we do the things that you should never do and we put in the man hours so you're welcome first of all uh second of all man it's uh it's always been <laughs> it's always been interesting because i've known about the ginger dead man series for like over i want to say over 10 years I used to watch the trailer in high school. I actually think that's when I first found out about it was in high school. And I remember I would show it to my friends and they would just laugh their asses off with me. And we would just get a kick out of seeing the ginger dead man get crucified to a cross. And, you know, this was for Passion of the Cross, the sequel, number two. Uh, And we would just think it was completely absurd, but in all the greatest ways, but never ever did we attempt to actually watch the movie. I put it on the same tier as Edward Penis Hands. It's just <laughs> one of those movies that you never need to watch. You kind of get the gist of the joke right off the bat, and then the, that's all there is to it. Uh, but when it comes to everything else in this movie, it's just all meant to be bad. Like it's it's one of those movies that's purposefully bad. Full Moon Pictures, hat off to you. You did it. You figured out the secret sauce somehow to make four of these movies. Um, it's it's truly a wonder to cinema. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've known about these movies since I was really young. And now that I've seen all of them, I can honestly say I should have stopped at the trailers and kept it as a memory. But here we are. And this may not be the review anyone wanted, but it's definitely the one you deserve. Uh, especially with all the madness going on here. You guys took all the toilet paper. This is what you get. All right, you get a ginger dead man review. So happy <laughs> April Fools, you bastards. I hope you burn in cookie dough hell. Yeah, right along uh, ginger dead man as he's been crucified, he's been baked, he's been eaten. Um, and we all deserve the same punishment probably. Uh, yeah, ginger dead man, I don't even think I heard about this existing until college when we finally watched it. Uh, the first movie, Ginger Dead Man, it came out 2005. Uh, the second one, Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust, came out in 2008. And then you had, of course, Ginger Dead Man 3, Saturday Night Cleaver. Um, and that one came out, I believe, 2011. Um, I don't know when a Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong came out. I think 2014. Um, I think it was 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the early 2010s. And I, I think we watched this in junior year in college junior or senior year in college 
And it was I, definitely junior year. It, it feels like a junior year kind of thing we would have done. Um, good use of our time. And I remember watching this movie thinking, this is amazing. This this is the epitome of cinema. This is what the people want. We need more characters like Ginger Dead Man, played by Gary Busey. Gary Busey is playing an evil gingerbread man cookie. It's, it's essentially the origin of Ginger Dead Man is you take what happened in Child's Play uh, in, in that intro, make it worse, and replace a doll with a gingerbread man cookie. That's the origin. That's the evil psycho. Somehow his soul is being transplanted into a ginger dead man co- a bread man cookie. And that's that's all I needed to be hooked already. That <laughs> I guess we can go through our feelings over the the different movies because we have four different installments. But yeah, this series uh I kinda had high hopes for this series uh, since the first one. It felt like, you know, the rival to Sharknado, uh, which I haven't really watched actually, but it's one of those purposely uh awfully done movies. It's supposed to be funny and i guess sort of spoofing other things um so yeah let's let's start with that first movie the classic the legendary ginger dead man one so how do you feel about that movie as a whole you gotta love the og doughboy put respect Mm. on his name og doughboy for sure um i will say out of um out of all of the movies the first one is definitely the best and that's not saying much but um, it did have its charms, and I honestly think uh, I was never a fan of Gary Busey. I always thought he looked coked out of his mind, along with other assortments of drugs. Because he was. I don't even know if that man is still alive, but it was interesting to see him in that movie, especially in 2005, uh, which was definitely towards the end of his career. Uh, so you could tell he was just doing it for the paycheck, however small it might have been. I can't imagine he got paid too much to make this movie, but um, yeah, he uh. He tries to deliver this really serious acting role, like performance as a serial killer, which I for, I even forget the serial killer's name because I just know him as Ginger Dead Man. Is is like Mill Mill something? Uh, Millard Findelmeyer. <laughs> Millard Findelmeyer. Like they, the creators didn't even <laughs> come up with a cool name. They just picked the most absurd thing ever. Um, and he tries to deliver this really serious performance. Because the movie starts with him holding up a bakery and just killing people in the bakery before he gets taken down and, and killed in the bakery. Um, so that's the only attempt that movie ever has at trying to be serious. And it just it just adds to the ridiculous factor of it because nothing else in the rest of that movie or in the sequels is remotely serious. Like it's all just one big gag. So for Gary Busey to try to make it seem legitimate in the beginning it kind of makes me question if he even understood the movie he was in i don't even know if he realized that the movie was supposed to be a joke which just adds to the um, like the hilarity of the first movie uh so yeah it starts off with him holding up a bakery gets killed by the cops somehow his ashes get incorporated into the mix of the uh of the bakery um and then he comes back as a killer ginger dead man. And then spoofiness ensues with amazing puns and over-the-top kills that really just put Child's Play to shame. Wait, uh, so let's start with how he was transformed because I rewatched this scene yesterday like five different times. Uh, so I couldn't tell if the 
delivery person was like his mother or something. But someone like in a black robe delivered the ashes or delivered the the ginger dead man uh, ingredients, bread man ingredients. And then they left secretly. So it seemed like it was someone trying to deliver that to them for some reason. But then like it was created because the ashes were then mixed with gingerbread man cookie mixed with blood of a guy who cut his hand and then it's put into an oven. I don't like at least in child's play, there was like this, you know, over the top voodoo magic ritual that says, all right, you do this. You're now a doll. There's not even that in this. It's not even like, like a lightning came from the sky and gave him magical gingerbread man powers. It was just, it's no, there's no Adui Dambala. There's yeah. none of that. Missed opportunity, but it just confused. I couldn't tell if this was like the mother, like a Jason Voorhees mother type thing going on where she, I thought that's where they were going to go with this, but I guess, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you had your own theories on this origin, but I couldn't get over different Reddit threads of the origin of the ginger dead man. I don't, I don't know what's happening here. Well, from what I understand, it's meant to really make fun of some of the older horror films that kind of incorporate that trope into them. So, for instance, the uh, I believe the Halloween series did that at some point where Michael Myers gets locked up in jail and some mysterious stranger busts him out for the sequel. And then you realize in the sequels that it's a member of some weird cult that worships like Michael Myers to because he's cursed by some ancient demon or something. They get weird, but. Yeah, I, buy I that think even that's more. what the, yeah they were they were uh I think that's what they were making fun of just those over the top convoluted ways of incorporating villains into like a bigger lore, uh but they really don't put any detail into it they just kind of throw it in there, um so I completely get it uh I'm trying to think if there's other movies that do something similar to that I feel like Child's Play is the, the closest one, um. Yeah, with like Tilly's the Jennifer Tilly's character. Yeah, and Bride yeah. of Chucky, she like delivers it. I think she does that in uh not Cult of Chucky, Curse of Chucky. Kind of yes. like the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's uh it, it's I think it just deliberately plays on that um on purpose. At least I hope it's on purpose cuz that actually be kind of clever for this movie. Uh but if it's not on purpose then uh that's, I guess, the only thing I can take away from that particular scene. I know in the sequel, too, we'll get into that in just a, a little bit, um, but there's also a lady who kind of just brings in a cookie box, a pastry box, and she's like, I got your double stuffed right here, or something like that, um, or I got something you'll never, like a, a cookie you'll never forget, or some really cheesy line, uh, and then they... uh open the box up and the ginger dead man is already there so there's like not even an introduction for him he just exists in that little pastry box someone <laughs> dropped him off now he's here now he's here again um so really the movies make no sense i wouldn't put too much stock into figuring out a lot of the reasons behind i've lost countless hours of sleep trying to figure out ginger dead man he haunts me you in just, my dreams you just have the chart out yeah except with the strings connecting every movie <laughs> yeah some... the charlie meme with that yeah I'm 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 gonna get to the bottom of this. There's just so much in this movie, but I, like I think we both agree that yeah, the first one is the best one. Like it I, has it has its charms. It's like it's very, it's those one-liners, man. 
I know, I know, I you know, I'll let you take this one, but the Butcher Baker, talk about the best part of that film. Oh, Butcher Baker, hands down, it's like top ten horror comedy parody characters of the two thousands. That's as niche as I can go. But Butcher Baker, he's great. He's just like this guy who wants to be a wrestler. He's best friends with the main bakery girl, the sweetheart girl next door type. And he just has the best lines. Like he, he's trying to harness like a WWE kind of persona where he even has like this speech where where he was like fighting the gender dead man. It was like, you know, it's time for you to meet your maker. Prepare to face the butcher baker for tonight. Your ass is toast. And he says that with such intensity and seriousness. I was like, Butcher, you have my heart, man. I am so incredibly impressed that you memorized that line. I mean, you can (laughs) quote Ginger Dead Man. (laughs) That is a skill I do put on my uh, miscellaneous resume attachments. It's like I also have a great amount of trivia for Ginger Dead Man. (laughs) But hey, this is how you this is how you like talk to girls. That's just like, hey, (laughs) guess what, girl? I can quote Ginger Dead Man. You know, I'm a keeper. Yeah, I mean, Ginger Dead Man One is pretty quotable. Like, like okay, obviously the best scene, obviously the best scene in this entire movie is. And by the way, we're spoiling Ginger Dead Man. I'm not. We're, we're just gonna spoil it. So if you guys are looking for just an overview of Ginger Dead Man, uh, I would only watch the first one, and I would watch that high and or drunk. So that's the overview. But we're going to spoil the entire series. Um, so we're going to miss some crazy turns. Like in, the, in Ginger Dead Man 1, when Butcher Baker, uh, he uh, basically wrestles Ginger, the Ginger Dead Man, and eats him as he had him pinned to the ground. You whore! Eat me, you punk bitch! Butcher Baker Snowman's bitch! Hey, fucker! And then after he finished eating him, he says, Got milk? And then there's a slow fade to the next scene where Butcher Baker is drinking milk. He's drinking milk, people. He doesn't even, like, there's no scene of him grabbing milk or there being milk nearby. It just appears in his hand and he starts drinking milk. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, no one has ever done that, I think, in history of cinema. They used that classic got milk line and then slow cut to someone drinking milk. That's, that's incredible. You, you want to know how to (laughs) write dialogue and edit a scene together. That's it. That's how you do it. (laughs) I agree, and uh, and then he proceeds to get possessed by the by the spirit of the ginger dead man. Yep, that's uh, what or, happens. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I forget how they end up stopping him at that point. I think it's they just kill him, right? Oh yeah, they cook him in the industrial sized oven they have. They cook the possessed body of Butcher Baker, and yeah, they just they just kill him. So he's just dead. Um, and allegedly, you know, the ginger dead man is too. That's that's what happens there. And and in typical horror movie fashion, you realize that it's not his end because 
what ends up happening is there's a sequel. I mean, oh, okay, so I don't remember this one from the first time I watched it, but I rewatched all this last night. And at the end of the first one, it was like it was like several months later, the main character like married that guy who was helping her out and they were having some kind of like bake sale to raise money for a hospital and they have they were delivered uh gingerbread man cookies like five of them and then they all kind of like blink and have like this sinister music behind it implying that those five gingerbread man cookies are now possessed by Gary Busey and I'm like oh okay that's interesting there's like multiple cookies now what's going to happen to these people in the sequel and then you have the sequel, Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust. And it's an entirely different movie, just still with Ginger Dead Man. Better order up that third meal. I got something better than a third meal, Scott. Oh, have I been a bad boy? This is gonna be a fucking cakewalk. <laughs> And that's how the cookie crumbles. It's definitely one of the classics. It's def- I mean, I mean, they have some like solid puns. By solid, I mean it hurts your soul, your cursed soul, like uh, Killsbury Doughboy. You know, some character referred to him as Killsbury Doughboy. That's kind of fair. Like, what else would you say in a movie about gingerbread man cookies other than Killsbury Doughboy? So I will say this right now. For our audience members, we've put in the man hours in the in the lab. We've tried piecing this thing together, and there's a lot of inconsistencies in these movies. So I think you and I can both agree, man, that um, the second movie, Passion of the Cross, and the third movie, they're kind of they're kind of just direct sequels to the first one, but like in alternate timelines. That's the only way it could possibly make sense. Yeah, I feel the same way because I mean, obviously, even what they do in the first movie. The only sequel to this movie is Ginger Dead Man versus the Evil Bonk, which is the fourth installment of Ginger Dead Man. And I don't know, maybe like the fourth, fifth, sixth installment for the Evil Bonk. But that's the only one where the Ginger Dead Man interacts with the main character from the bakery from the, worst, from the first one. That's the only time he like references it, really. Um, so, yeah, I think. All right. Interesting. Uh, interesting question. What continuity is more fucked up? The Ginger Dead Man can't continuity or X-Men? <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm going to say X-Men is more fucked up. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So I can at least say in a review for Ginger Dead Man, the Ginger Dead Man series has a better continuity than the X-Men series. That's the Malum review for the Ginger Dead Man trilogy. <laughs> you can follow at it more easy than X-Men. still better continuity than X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking for something with slightly more continuity uh, than Ginger Dead Man is, uh, is for you. Uh, but Passion of Crust was interesting. I'll, I'll like so. <sighs> Again, it starts with them just delivering cookies to the set, and Ginger Dead Man is just there. He's just here, and the first thing he says is, "I need to kill some shit." So that's the entirety of this movie. That setup right there. He's miraculously at this random place, and he says, "I just need to kill some shit," and that's it. That's all the motivation that you have from the villain. He's just there, and he wants to kill some shit. Some might say that he wanted to rise to the occasion. Hmm. Hmm. Some might say that. 
Some people would say he has a sweet tooth for murder. <sighs> yeah, you know what? Some people probably say that too. Fortunately, I'm friends with some of those people. Um, yeah, whoever those people are, please stop. <laughs> I wonder who. I want shame on you. Shame on you for making these puns. I mean, what's what's crazy is people had to sit down with a script and do a first pass at it, and someone probably punched up the script with lines like that. Like someone you know, honestly, added that to be the honest, script. Man, there was no editing of this script. They wrote it in one <laughs> shot, and they were like, let's get it. It's done. All right. I feel like that's the full moon picture slogan. It's like, eh, let's just take it out in one take. No one watches our movies take it seriously it's all meant to be a gag anyway so we can put as much nonsensical shit in this script and yeah. you know be completely fine that's fair. which is exactly what they did because at some point okay because the overall plot like you said makes no sense it's a film studio that this person inherits from their father and they're trying to make a movie to uh i guess get it back on its feet and then ginger dead man appears because someone drops him off there. He just starts murdering for no reason. He has no connection to these characters. He has no other motivation other than he is just a mean cookie. <laughs> and uh, just wants to kill everybody. Which is what he proceeds to do. But to prove my point even further about the nonsensical shit. There is even a scene where he controls a robot. He gets in a fucking robot. And he starts shooting lasers at people and killing them in a robot. And it was a robot built from the prop team, the prop and special effects team. <laughs> and then the producer of the set being attacked by the robot is like, oh, I guess they uh, they really improved it. Oh, that's pretty cool of them. So he just accepts that his crew members just happen to make a functioning robot that shot lasers at them. It's 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 <laughs> all, it's almost amazing. It, I mean, that's all he needed to save his film company. They made a real robot with lasers. Just, but no, it's it's wow, wow. Don't even get me started on the dildo puppet. Tell them about the dildo puppet, man. I mean, so I guess this film said it's trying to make like thirteen plus different movies at the same time, which is causing all these issues on set. That's the that that's the the character. Uh, conflict is he's just trying to do his best but the, the production company's running out of money he needs to find a hit film so they're making it was like terror toys or something evil terror terror toys where the movie within this movie is about evil toys evil possessed toys um so of course at the end of this movie who helped save the day other than actually possessed evil toys from the movie they were making within the movie so Ginger Dead Man tries to actually do a ritual from a spell book that he also got from the prop team. <laughs> and it, it's a spell book from this the prop, prop team. This prop team is really fucking impressive. They the really way. are. This prop they have a functioning robot that shoots fucking lasers and a spell book that actually does spells. Because he does like this evil pentagon thing, has all this different blood from his victims, and then that's going to help him possess the body of, I think, the producer guy. But instead, something happens and... The Pentagon gives life to the toy props, which then immediately kills Ginger Dead Band for some reason. And then they're killed by an actor with a machine gun that was supposed to be used for the movie that also actually worked too. That prop team again, really, really <laughs> doing their job the right way. 
practical effects are key to all movies. They really are. It's, I, you know, all right, my favorite part of this movie, my favorite part of this movie is there was like the over, over the top, probably homophobically written uh, gay prop guy, or I forget what crew member he was, but he was part of the crew. And he was in his dressing room and then Ginger Dead Man chose him as his next target. And then Ginger Dead Man like tosses something on the ground so he'll so the guy has to bend over and pick it up. Then he takes like a smoldering hot like iron and sodomizes the guy to death. And as he's sodomizing him to death, there's like a puddle of liquid and the hot iron that's sodomizing this guy uh, shocks him at the same time due to the liquid. So he's being electrocuted and uh, sodomized with an iron to death. And that, and while that was happening, the guy was kind of like having an orgasmic reaction to being sodomized Some to death. Some might say that that anal was electrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Some might say that cookie really stuffed him up. Hmm. I mean, the cookie, the cookie, the cookie sodomized him. He he did anal. That's what I'm saying. That's the general gist of what you're trying to get a, across from. I mean, that, hey, that's fair. But uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, this film definitely was as bad as those puns. But that was my favorite scene because I can't. They they somehow incorporated homophobia. With death, sodomy, electrocution, fire. Like, that's what that scene was called, essentially. Take two. Uh, no. Um, yeah, so he gets killed by these puppets. There's no conflict between him and these puppets or these toys Why'd at they all. Why they kill him? Exactly. Like, the ritual was done, and if it's supposed to be an evil ritual, one would assume that it would make the toys evil as well. But instead, they end up crucifying. And again, I don't know why they crucified him other than just for the namesake, uh, for the, the play on words. They end up crucifying him and nailing him. You know, obviously they nailing him, nail him to a cross. And then huzzah, machine, guy, machine gun guy comes in, mows him down. End of movie. And the one thing I will say that I really appreciate about these films, obviously they don't take themselves seriously ever. Other than that one scene in the first one with Gary Busey trying to be a, a, a actual serious murderer, uh, they're very short, so at least they don't drag on with things. They just kind of get to the point, and then that's it. Like you get the conclusion, and, and then you're good to go. That's true. It's true. The one of the shining features of this series are most of the movies are really short, so you don't have to sit through it for too long. Like the first one's like sixty nine minutes. I think this one is just over eighty minutes. The longest one is probably uh, the Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. I think that one was closer to two hours. Uh, I, I believe that one was, uh, I think it was an hour and 25 minutes, hour 27 minutes. Pretty pretty standard runtime, but compared to the other ones, it was pretty long. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. I think, I think, so what I, I don't really give credit to this movie for, but what they do is this second one is kind of a commentary on the first one and the reactions to the first one slash reactions to a movie like that because the what the producer keeps saying in a very obviously meta way is that 
you know, he's proud of the movies that him and his friends are able to make because it's about them working together to make something ridiculous and have a good time. And it's not like other movies. And then the evil character is revealed to be this fanboy from the Internet who writes scathing reviews and tries to get his studio shut down because they're because he keeps saying like oh they're bad movies like i know good like he's the parody of fanboys reviewing movies and the whole thing is like the fanboy not understanding that the producers is trying to make you know fun movies with his friends so that's what they say throughout this movie so I, the point they were trying to make is that you know they they want to make ridiculous movies and they have fun doing it cuz they're doing it with their friends so that's that's their thesis and i got to say they they executed what they set up to speak about pretty excellently. They made a bad movie with their friends, and I guess they had a good time. Some might say that the message of this movie was rather stale. Yeah, indeed they would. Indeed they would. So that was. I'm just going to keep going. I'm not going to stop with these. I, I'm, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not this is stop what the you. people want, right? <laughs> it's, it's what they deserve on this day, in this year. Uh, I, and honestly, you saw the title of this podcast before you clicked on it, so you have to have some sense as to what you're going to get into. But you know, they don't just stop with Ginger Dead Man Two: Passion of the Crush, which, by the way, during that crucifixion crucifixion scene, they found like a tiny thorn hat to put on him. I thought that, I thought that was kind of adorable. Uh, that was a solid reenactment. Of uh, he was. Uh, this was pre Baby Groot, like. This yes. was the, the kawaii thing to look at before Baby Groot. <laughs> Ginger Dead Man, greater than Baby Groot, uh, greater than Baby Yoda. Fact. You heard it here first. Tell us in the comment section what you think. Honestly, we probably won't get any comments in the comment section for this I, one. I mean, this one doesn't really deserve it. Or maybe it deserves it, everything. But I, <laughs> what I love is that they, you know, they find enough money and whatever else they do to be able to make a third movie. Ginger Dead Man 3, Saturday Night Cleaver. Came out in 2011. We were in college by then. Um. <laughs> I, will, I will say this. Let, let's use that, that very loosely, okay, when you said they had a budget to make this movie. Because there's, there's a exist. lot of points. Yes, there's a lot of points in this movie where you could tell they just ran out of money and they couldn't film anything. So it just makes no coherent sense in certain parts um but this film i think the majority of the budget was just blown on really bad cgi for the cookie animations on certain scenes but also they kind of blew their wad or should i say they blew their cream filling in the beginning of the movie uh because the movie starts off with uh <laughs> A spoof on Silence of the Lambs. So, Agent... Uh, what's the name of the agent in the original Silence of the Lambs? It's Clarice? Yeah. I think it's Clarice. Clarice. Yeah, so, like, Agent Sterling or Clarice comes in. Um, uh, well, a lookalike comes in. And she's visiting what's called the Asylum for Criminally Insane Baked Goods. So, you already know the tone this movie's about to take. If you If you didn't already know from Passion of the Crust then you definitely know within the first three seconds of this movie where it's heading. Mr. Ginger Dead Man, sir. I've been sent here by the FBI. Tell me, Clarissa, when you were running down the hall just now, that little cream puff, he shouted something at you. Tell me, what did he say? 
He said, I can smell your muffin. I, however, cannot. I do, however, smell the faint undertone of vanilla-scented skin cream and that pimento loaf sandwich that you had for lunch, but not today. And she walks in and she wants to see the ginger dead man. And right off the bat, the security guard tells her that she has to remove any and all metal objects from her being or she can't be allowed in because they can use it as a weapon. So she takes off her earrings and then she proceeds to take out her nose piercing and then she pretend she proceeds to take out her nipple piercings and then she proceeds to take out her vaginal piercings or yeah so you already know the tone the movie takes very quickly and then once she walks in for some strange reason there are other baked goods that are talking uh one of them is a cream pie who makes very suggestive puns that you can probably guess uh one of them is a really long looking i think baguette or not even a baguette it's just like some kind of long cookie and he has a french accent um, and then you have one that's a cherry pie who's very sexual, which you could kind of also guess. And then there's a hash brownie who has a Rastafarian accent. Uh, and then at the very end of the hall, you have the ginger dead man himself. And the woman comes in and she's just like trying to pretend she's an FBI agent. And he takes on this persona of being Hannibal Lecter. I am putting together a case study on just what it is that drives you to kill, sir. If you are willing to cooperate in my investigation... The DA is willing to cut you a deal. Candyland Island, just off the coast of Lollipop Bay. Every day, for three hours, you will be permitted to go outside into the fresh air. You will walk on the brown sugar beach. You will swim in the lemonade ocean under SWAT team surveillance, of course. Will I now? Come, come, Clarissa. Let's not play games. Do you honestly think they can send some rookie in here to try and unlock the complicated secrets of my brilliant, sophisticated mind? <laughs> and long story short, um, she reveals that somehow the ginger dead man has the soul of her brother trapped away somewhere. And she needs to kill him. But then all of a sudden, like, PETA rights activists come in and start setting all of the criminally insane baked goods free. And then they let the ginger dead man free. He attacks the person who lets him escape by biting off her nose. And uh, then he just runs away into literally a different part of the, the, the jail into a different office. And just it just so happens... That in the office next door, they are working on time travel to solve world hunger. I shit you not, people. This is the plot of Saturday Night Cleaver. Like, there's not even a plot that has to do with Saturday Night Fever yet. Like, this is this is the first five minutes of the film. So he walks into this office. There's these two scientists who have just figured out time travel. And they, you know, they're making claims about solving world hunger and how nothing will expire ever again. And then he just comes in and kills them and time travels back into the 70s. And that's when the rest of the plot unfolds. And by plot, I mean very paper-thin plot. Um, maybe even thinner than that, if you can imagine that. Um, and then he proceeds to you know, be in this roller skate derby where 
this woman is there with her granddaughter. She's the owner, but the skate rink is closing down because she didn't pay her back taxes to the IRS, and now they're closing it. So this is the last ever uh, roller skate queen that they can announce for that year, but this girl has Carrie-esque powers from like the Stephen King novel, and when she gets really emotional, she can control things with her mind using telekinesis. And then from there, it's just really her rebelling against her aunt for the whole movie as the ginger dead man occasionally watches people have sex and then murders them. I swear, most of these movies are just pornos. Like you could tell the actors they have in them are just porno actors who had tried to be given a serious role of some kind. They actually didn't know what they were going to be in until it was too late. Um, That's the entirety of this film. So he watches people have sex, he kills them. And then for some strange reason, the ending of the film comes in and Ginger Dead Man is holding everyone up at gunpoint. The girl who had Carrie-esque powers goes through this whole arc about being confident in herself and it amounts to nothing. Her, her, her powers don't save the day at all. And there's these kids that appear at the end who stole the Ginger Dead Man's time machine remote in a previous part of the film. And they come back and they bring back with them Charles Manson, uh, Ted Bundy, Adolf Hitler, the Clarice woman from the beginning, and the security guard from the beginning. And for some strange reason, these people all just attack the ginger dead man and put him, they rip him apart and they put him in some cookie jar, uh, a literal cookie jar. Um, and then they all travel to the past, back to the past, and then it's happily ever after. Uh, and that is Saturday Night Cleaver. The, I just saved you a good hour and 10 minutes of your very existence. You're welcome. But to me, this was by far the worst film. The puppet animations were the worst out of the entire series. The CGI was pretty bad. I think that's what they spend most of their budget on. And not to say I expected something fantastic here. I just wanted it to be kind of like Passion of the Crust, where it was so ridiculous and they knew it that they just ran with it and it felt like you were watching Sharknado. No, this movie was just was just bad. It, it didn't it didn't try to be charming or like meta uh, or make some kind of commentary. It, it was just it was just a weird trilogy ender that didn't amount to anything and kind of went nowhere with the series. Uh, what do you think? So I'll say I don't like Passion of the Crest at all either. But I also don't like this one at all. So I don't That's know which one. I don't know which one I, I, I dislike more. Passion of Crest, I felt wasn't even it wasn't even funny. Like compared to Ginger Dead Man One. It, it just it had lamer puns. It had lamer bad puns, if that's even a thing. As did this movie. I think where I might give this movie an edge over the second one is that ending you just described, where it's <laughs> it's legit like Hitler, Def, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, and Charles Manson ripping the cookie apart only because I can't stop thinking about that scene. Like, for somehow these kids in some kind of spin-off time travel shenanigans talk to the history's most notable, terrible people, murderers, most of them rapists slash genocidal slash just serial killer people and they had to go up to each one of them and say hey will you come with me 
through space and time so we can go to 1976 or whatever and kill an evil ginger dead man movie that i'm not sure okay did they know about this cookie before they took that i don't remember them knowing that he existed was that a was, was it that was a thing never it was never explained or <laughs> was, established sir so just like somehow they just knew it was happening and just brought the killers well, back you know with them. you know what it was man they probably just heard that he was a really tough cookie hmm. that's fair because uh you know he definitely then met his expiration date you know bam uh see now i'm doing it it's <laughs> i just <laughs> I just love the logic of kids talking to Hitler saying, hey, Mr. Adolf Hitler, can you help us kill a, kill a gingerbread cookie in the future? And he's like, sure. I hate them more than even the Jewish people. And then he just, like, they hold hands and go to the future. And well, for some reason, know, he, was, he probably asked them, like, is this cookie made of matzah? Because I'm in, if the answer is yes. <laughs> Maybe that's a spinoff they're still working on, like, what, they, what the kids had to do and some Avengers Endgame type stuff to uh, help rid 1976 of this cookie. It's it's interesting because then I think at the end the villains just just jump back into the time portal, like yeah, yes. just completely consensually just following the orders of these 11 year old kids after they murdered. Uh, like, I think that's why I like uh, Saturday Night Cleaver a little bit more. Only because somehow that was more ridiculous than Killer Toys crucifying a gingerbread man cookie. Like, it made even less sense than that. And I think when this movie shines is when it makes less and less sense. If you can't be as funny as the first one, then I expect to be confused throughout. And so this movie delivered confusion. And that's what I look for now in these franchises. Can we also just talk about how there was a, a cookie penis? In this movie, like there was a scene in Saturday Night Cleaver. Oh, yeah. Where he puts his, his penis I guess in his, hole. yeah, he puts, it's the glory. There's a glory, glory hole, hole in the bathroom. And he decides to put his, his, uh, what's a good pun here? His, um, his Twix cookie outside of the hole. And this woman sees it and she just goes up and rips it off and eats it. <laughs> she afterwards. eats it. Yeah. She eats his dick. She eats his cookie dick because apparently he has a, Actually, I'm pretty sure he was masturbating in the second one when uh, that one actor was having sex with the washed-up actress. He was jerking off in that one. Uh, but yeah, in this one, you can you can see the ginger dick. It's the ginger dick, man. And it gets... Uh, you know, she swallows. If we could say anything, she definitely swallows. Um, entire penises, apparently. Definitely had a sweet tooth. <laughs> Uh, Saturday Night Cleaver, uh, you know, at, at the very least, all these movies do contain more nudity than you would expect. Like you said, it's pretty much like an elaborate porno uh, concept where you just sprinkle in 50 minutes of plot and then the other 10 minutes are just like jerking off tits and porn. So, hey, at least this movie kept that up as well. Still got that standard going. But again, yeah, there was uh, there was quite a bit of filler in these movies. Yeah, there sure was. There sure was. Um, he definitely ended up creaming a lot of people. And Bam. It's, <laughs> it's just what also, I, well, I don't know if this is, this is a, not, not a feature at all, but I keep expecting this to be like a, like a weird 
poorly done parody of Child's Play. Like that's what this movie, this concept, of this movie seems to have to be about. But at no point do they just reference the origins at all. I don't understand. Like they have the same actresses. Like the main actress of the Bakery Girl in Ginger Dead Man One, uh, she comes back for the next movie we're going to talk about, Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. But she's also in like the Evil Bong movies. Like she's in the Full Moon Entertainment family apparently um tits out and all sometimes i don't understand why they couldn't like reference that it's it's just bizarre i think they do they do a flashback maybe in ginger dead man 2 about the events in ginger dead man 1 just for no reason like i think is that the one that starts off like a fairy tale there's like a fairy tale opening like shrek yeah that's the second one yeah so it's, they acknowledge his existence in the production. It's, anyways, it's neither here nor there because it really messes up the canon, the, the canon, or <laughs> you know the 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 timeline for everything. Because, like I said, the the second and third one they feel like spinoffs uh, of this of the first one in like alternate universes. But then they go have to go ahead and reference the first. I guess it could still make sense, right? Because. If the se- if they're each individual sequels, but like in separate universes, then I guess the second one could technically still reference the first one, and it still makes sense. So boom, head cannon still there. Everything makes sense. No, I, I have good. a I have a better fix. I have a better fix because in like the the ending of Ginger Dead Man One, you see five different cookies blinking as ominous movie uh, uh movie music plays in the background. So my guess is that one of those cookies are from the original Gary Busey one. But then the other four cookies still have Gary Busey's like soul, but they've all been delivered to different places. Like one's been delivered to that film studio. One's been delivered and captured into a prison. So I think there's five distinct Ginger Dead Man cookies out there. And all of this happens in the same universe, but each cookie is individual. And spoiler alert, but just like the end of Cult of Chucky, where Chucky now has the power to transfer his souls into multiple beings at the same time, Ginger Dead Man has the same power. You know, I agree with you. Your yours yours sounds pretty good. Like yours sounds like it could have some levity to it. But mm. mine sounded kind of half baked. So you know, I'll I'll go with that. That makes that makes that makes a good amount of sense. Um, let's see here. Anything else we can gather? I I hear you laughing. Um, let's see. I'm just, uh, I'm just wondering what we're doing with our life. But uh, this is this it's... is it. We're we're giving the people what they want. Okay, Randy. <laughs> this... Let's just keep going. Hey man, you gotta do something in the quarantine. I mean, all right. Final movie, man. Final movie, and this introduces this final movie an entirely different angle. But we do have Ginger Dead Man versus the Evil Bong. And this was something I had discovered in college, too, after watching the first one, that this movie existed. Um, I don't think either of us have seen any of the Evil Bong movies. But luckily, we don't have to in this movie because Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong, this is the return of the original G- Ginger Dead Man uh, plotting his revenge against the bakery girl. As he's on an island surrounded by beautiful naked women with their tits out. That's what naked means, actually. And I did notice that the bakery girl actor, she plays one of the naked girls in this fantasy. So it was it was interesting how they reused that character. 
But we have Ginger Dead Man trying to get revenge. And then we have the evil bong, which is a bong that's evil and has its own series, its own characters, its own conflict. Um, and this is about when you smoke this bong, your most your innermost desires uh, come t- to life in a way. But then they turn on you and kill you in some horrific manner. Um, and those two characters meet in this versus movie. Uh, you know what that reminds me of, man? Yeah. The, uh, the the whole concept of the evil bong. It reminds me of that old B-movie B horror film, which was actually far better than any of these movies. It was called Wishmaster. Do you remember Wishmaster? I do not. What's Wishmaster? They used to play it a lot on sci-fi. It was like this ancient demon that was a djinn. He uh, tormented people by taking their wishes and flipping them on their heads, which led to their death until he was sealed away in a gem by some like ancient sorcerer. But once the stone, like the stone is put like hidden in a statue and then many years later in the late nineties or maybe early nineties, I can't remember when the first one came out, but uh, the statue is broken. The gem is released and the Wishmaster slash Jin is, you know, back in the modern world and, you know, taking people's souls by killing them by reversing their wishes on their head so it's very similar to that obviously with just more marijuana oh yeah you know it's it's <laughs> it tries so hard to be the stoner movie as i understand it um because it kind of I mean, has to be if it's going to be about people smoking weed and it had tommy chong in it. it of course it's a stoner it had tommy chong it, it's it's true he uh he was like you know spoiler again for evil bong but I think he's who defeated the evil bong in the first movie with Tommy Chong, uh, which was yeah, kind of cool. He's, you know? he, he vested up. He, he got strapped up. He, he took the, the evil bong with him. He blew himself up. He had to go out. That's, that's, I assume that's canon in Cheech and Chong lore. He really, uh, he really lit up that bong. Mm. Mm. He hey. really let it rip. It was the final toke of his life. Yeah, okay, you can keep going. Yep, that's uh, I was debating whether to end this podcast or not. We're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going. Uh, it's <laughs> but I, I guess what, what I and again we haven't seen the Evil Bong series, but what I respect about that series via the flashbacks that Ginger Deadman versus Evil Bong has about it is that it seems to be following one continuity. It's the same characters fighting the Evil Bong. So at least you know that has three, four movies about that. And that's what this is about. So one of the main characters for the evil bong has a new pipe shop, new water pipe shop. And he's setting it up at the same time. Um, this sounds like a porno. I mean, it again, it, it will turn into it pretty fast. Uh, I think within 20 minutes of the movie, actually. But on, on the other side of things, you have the, the girl from the original Ginger Dead Man opening up a bakery on that strip. And they meet and whatnot. But what you have is... The character from the Evil Bong, the main dude, he actually kept the Evil Bong all this time in a safe because he wants to find out its magic. And at the same time, the Ginger Dead Man found out where the bakery girl was because magically one of the nude women on his island found a newspaper (laughs) about that information. Uh, So, yeah, then calamity ensues. Uh, I think what I so what I liked about this movie. It was a return to continuity for the ginger dead man. Um, also, the flashbacks of the evil bong were actually the funniest part. Like, I kind of want to watch that movie over ginger dead man because it what they showed, it was kind of funny. And also they had Tommy Chong in it. So that's pretty legit. Uh, 
But even beyond that, I, I like the return to form in some of the puns in this movie. You know, like just weird word pro- play. That's not good, but it's you know, it's it's what I would expect out of a uh, Gary Busey type. It's like uh, like like in the opening of this movie where he's talking to the naked girls, and he's looking at the newspaper of of his foe, and he's like. If it wasn't for that girl, I'd be shooting custard on all three of you. I mean, look at me. I'm shooting flour over here. I'm like, come on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's again, very reminiscent of Child's Play when he's like, she tells him in The Bride of Chucky to wear, uh, wear protection or wear rubber. And he's just like, but baby, I'm all I'm rubber. All rubber. Yeah. I, that's, that's what I want out of this series. You got to make like inventive cookie puns that I couldn't come up with. I don't normally have cookie ejaculation ready puns. So that that was new for me. That one line alone was like, okay, I'm in. You got me. And uh, really just not, again, this what a journey. What a journey we were taking on. It wasn't a good one. I'll make that clear. It's not, it's not a good journey. And you know what really bothers me about the evil bong versus ginger dead man film? The, despite the title, there's very little of the ginger dead man versus the evil bong. It's kind of none. It's kind of like kinda, it, it's kind of yeah. It's non-existent. I mean, you see ginger dead man kills the two assistants after they have sex in the bakery, but then most of the film is flashbacks from the previous films, and then from there, once the two of them meet, it's just the ginger dead man taking a toke from the evil bong to catch the other two characters from her world to kill them and then he gets there meets king bong who was the main bad guy in evil bong 2 uh and then he's put on a tribunal tribunal uh by the oh what's the name of those tribes people i don't know that that king bong uses to do his bidding they're called uh something women uh, it's it's right it's just the women those no, no, it's it's some some pl- it's some wordplay on like prostitution. Oh, I can't remember anymore. But essentially, he's six naked women on the ginger dead man, and then they let him motorboat them, and then he gets like sucked into one of them as into a portal, and like those baked goods we mentioned from Saturday Night Cleaver return and judge him based on his past crimes, but for whatever reason. After insulting them and saying he's not sorry for killing all those people, he tricks them into letting him go, I guess. And he escapes the portal. And then he goes after the two main characters, but they end up escaping. And then there's a, you know, he's in the world still. And long story short, there's another character from the Evil Bong series in that world called Rabbit, who essentially is still there. He's happy to live there. That's like his jam. And the ginger dead man demands that he tell them where the, the two main characters went. He's like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. And then he threatens to kill him. But then he sicks the two naked women on him whose eyes start to glow red. Uh, and you think there's going to be like a battle or a confrontation. But literally what happens is the camera or the scene switches to the two main characters escaping. Uh, kind of like a high five moment. And then the evil bong says, oh, he's never going to escape my world. You have nothing to worry about. And then they, they just pan back to the ginger dead man smoking a joint and laughing. And then just no context about what happened on that confrontation between him and the naked women who are demonic. Uh, and then that's it. Cut to black. End credits. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. 
made absolutely no sense. There were some gumdrops. There were some gumdrop buttons missing from that cookie. Like there were there was just some inc- there was incontinuities that uh, I honestly think they just ran out of a budget and they they just they just called it a day. <laughs> I mean at one point they lost one of the actresses who are the island naked women who are being used to sick right, other yeah. people. And they have to reference it like, hey, what happened to the blonde one? I like legit think she just couldn't like she was either done, like mentally done, or she just couldn't make it to the film set. I like to think the former, like, I just can't do this anymore. Um <laughs> and yeah, like final scene of like, oh, clearly it's about to be Ginger Dead Man versus these people here, like Rabbit and his friends. I think what's meant to be is that yeah, it's supposed to allude that he defeated them somehow. And now he's just biding his own time before he can plot his next thing. But they just they're missing so much connective tissue that is just confusing. At one point, because I rewatched that scene about two or three different times, I was like, oh, was Ginger Dead Man actually rabbit the entire time somehow? Would that make sense? Then I rewatched it again. I'm like, no, that wouldn't make any sense. But still the same amount of sense as whatever I'm watching right now. Um, but yeah, that was it was disappointing because it's supposed to be Ginger Dead Man versus the Evil Blanc. Really, it's just both of those guys, both of those creatures featured together. The only verses you got was like that banter they had when they first met each other, which did make me laugh out loud. Like when <laughs> Ginger Dead Man, like Evil Blanc, sees the cookie for the first time, and she's like, "Oh Lord, it's Gingivitis Man!" I'm like, "That's ridiculous." Uh, and then. <laughs> Gingerbread man looks at her and he's like, what the hell are you anyways? And she's like, what What the hell am I? What the fuck are you? So I like the, at least the acknowledgement there of like, like, you know, they have banter going. Like I can watch a series featuring both of them if I'm really high and drunk and have nothing else to watch. Uh, but that was it. There's no really like even Freddy versus Jason, which is not a good movie. They at least had Freddy versus Jason. There was no instance of Ginger Dead Man like actually hitting, fighting the evil Bong in some way. So, you know, it, it is what it is. It was probably a let down to, like, imagine the people who are fans of both the evil Bong and Ginger Dead Man. They were waiting for this for, like, nine years. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure they were just disappointed. They were disappointed. Let's be honest. No one was waiting for this for nine years. <laughs> it's what you all been waiting for, ain't it? Not not even like the the makers were expecting to make another one of these. Um and by the way, I remember now what the name of that tri- the tribes women were. They were they were called the Poontang tribe. Yes, yeah, it was Poontang girl. Yeah, yeah. That's how they referred to them. You were right. Just mwah, wonderful screenwriting. Hats off to them. Uh the yeah. whole team. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know, it's a, a bad movie isn't complete without racism thrown in it too and sexism which this entire franchise has pretty much it's just like poorly written characters written to the most trope things you can do uh i feel like all you, all they wanted this movie to, to do is to show some titties uh like in and do weird sexist less racist stuff like in this one like i've never seen evil bong but yeah, the the King Bong just sounds like some kind of prototypical, like stereotype black male voice, and then they also have these like tourists of Asian descent, and the Asian male in the couple has like gigantic two front teeth, 
that were clearly prosthetic. Because I actually looked this actor up to check out his dental work. Like, oh, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe his two front teeth are just like that. No, they they definitely just attached some kind of prosthetic giant teeth in the Asian tourists. And I'm like, who who is that funny to? <laughs> like, I feel like the target market here was for the stereotypical prototype of white males in college who find racism and sexism funny. So I feel like that's what those bits were catered to. And this movie had them. They had a couple of those. It has everything you need, people. It has absolutely everything you need. Um, You know what actually probably happened to that blonde-haired girl? She probably just had a more important porno movie to film. (laughs) That's, That's definitely what happened. Yeah, she she got uh, recruited by Bang Bros, and like you don't you, you don't say no to Bang Bros. Let me tell you, uh, you know, couldn't make it to that <laughs> that day of production. They had She's days like, of production guys. for this movie. She's like, sorry guys, I have another scene where I'm double stuffed, so I can't I can't make it in today for this scene. Yeah, she has um, a cream filled uh, scene coming up at four. Can't really be there to fight off <laughs> Gender Dead Man and his foes. Exactly, and you know, it's it's honestly something of wonder. When the best acting in the whole movie of Evil Bong versus Ginger Dead Man was the Tarzan character, the the little guy named Tarzan, who just for whatever reason was really really mean, really short, wore a tie dye T shirt, and just carried around a switchblade, which for which he actually stabbed two people in the yeah, movie. He sure did. He he actually killed them. Like he he just he makes that joke. He's like, I don't think they'll ever be back again. He whips out a switchblade and there's blood on it. Like, oh my god. This is incredible. This is the best character in this entire movie. Yeah. So yeah shout outs to Tarzan. If you do watch this movie, he's the best character. And let us know if he was in any of the other movies. Like if he was even referenced in the other Evil Bong movies. Not sure that they have been. What I did learn is that Evil Bong actually has specific non canon movies. So like every year, I guess they put out a if they're not putting out a main Evil Bong franchise movie they put out like evil bong 666 which isn't part of the continuity it's part of something else but they, they at least pointed out but yeah that character was pretty random and poorly written i don't even like that main character from the evil bong series he just seems like this weird douchebag who anytime he talks i also get annoyed at he's uh, a chad man he's just a he's just a regular chad he's a bro he's a chad bro for sure uh so that was weird they had uh, – I'm trying to think of the sex scene they had. Oh, yeah, they had it in the baker shop, right, when it was uh, yeah, the main yep. girl's friend fucking her boyfriend in, a, in the back for like – for four minutes. And then the guy is like, okay, I got to clean him. And the girl's like, oh, I don't think I can walk after that. It was like – it was probably like 90 seconds. And I'm like, all right, oh, I yeah, guess. It was, it was not four minutes, sir. It, it, was, was, yeah. it was like at least <laughs> – at the very max, 90 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying, like maybe had that like, you know cut out sex scenes in there but um like they're they're killed they're never explored again like any all deaths were met with no reaction like at least in the first movie they had stuff like like oh they found one of her friends in a freezer naked covered in frosting with cherries on her nipples we're concerned about her let's pull her out of this freezer i don't think there's ever a scene where anyone found someone else dead and was like oh no like maybe there was one scene like that but that was it there was no stakes to anything like no one actually felt that scared about what was going to happen next which is you know interesting choice for a horror comedy film yeah 
Yeah. So uh, I think I think that's that's pretty much it, man. I just I honestly just have to ask you, like having seen all four of these films, and I know the Evil Bong. You know, we haven't seen that whole trilogy yet, but from what we saw in the flashbacks, they have fantastic characters like the Evil Bong herself, incredibly racist, you know, black voice doing it. Uh, King Bong in the sequel, who has an equally racist black voice to him. Um, and then in the third and one, they Alien really changed Bong. the game. They have Alien Bong. So they, they're really just like, they're changing the game on that third one. Yeah, so besides diversifying. Exactly. So besides not seeing those or any of the spin-off series, like you said, Evil Bong 666 or Evil Bong, I think 420 is another one. Um, what would you put in ranking for these films? Uh, personally, I would put Ginger Dead Man 1, the OG Doughboy, like I said, hashtag OG Doughboy. Um, and then I would do Passion of the Crust. And then I would do actually, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I would do Ginger Dead Man, then G G Man versus Evil Bong, Passion of the Cross, and then finally Saturday Night Cleaver. I just couldn't, I just couldn't get over, just the sheer, the complete utter lack of effort that that third one had. Uh, to me, that that one was truly just a phenomenal waste of time. But that's my ranking. What's your ranking for for this uh, this quadrilogy, so to speak? Yeah, so official rankings for Ginger Dead Man series for the quadrilogy. For me, it would go Ginger Dead Man, the first one, followed by Ginger Dead Man vs. Evil Bong, followed by Ginger Dead Man 3, Saturday Night Cleaver, followed by Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust. Uh, so our only differences are the last two. They're both equally terrible to me, but yeah, you know, any movie that somehow has kids working with Hitler. Um, I guess that that's enough edge for me to put it above the next movie. You know, maybe that's bias from watching the amazing Jojo Rabbit, but they're all just so terrible. And what was interesting is, yeah, the evil bong flashbacks actually felt like the best part of this movie. So, I, at some point, I think what I, what I'm going to do for everyone out there who's asking for it, and at this point, if you're listening to it, you're like, yes, yes, more of this content. This is your best episode yet. I think I'm going to at least write up an article about ranking all Ginger Dead Man movies and Evil Bong movies. Because I'm actually, I think I'm going to watch it now. I feel like I'm invested in the Evil Bong lore. They have an Alien Bong. They have a King Bong. I think they have Tommy Chong uh, and, and one of them. I think I need to watch that series too and actually rank all of them. You're you're a braver man than I am. But, I, know. Um, I know. But you know what? I have to go on this journey with you. So... If you have any other B-film horror movies or just B-films in general that you want us to watch and review, we'll do it. Uh, that's one of the things we definitely wanted to do for this season is do more B-movie type films. Um, so, yeah, let us know your recommendation in uh, the comment section or send us an email. Uh, but other than that, uh, I'd say this bakery is pretty much closed for this episode. What do you think, partner? I mean, yeah, essentially. Oh, uh, after hours question. So we had Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong as part of this franchise installment. And I mentioned like Freddy Krueger versus Jason Voorhees as one of the movies we've seen before, too. Mm, I know where this is going. Go ahead. Uh, well, in general, are there what other iconic esque characters would you want a versus movie? There's a there's a lot of 
characters out there that really haven't crossed over with other franchises. IPs are a bitch to try to get together in a single production. So what other ones out there? Like, we already got the Ginger Dead Man versus the Evil Bong. That's already done. That's a classic. People got it. What else is out there that you would want to see? Well, I know they have some other really bad ones. Like, they have Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. That was another one that came out around the same time as uh, the Ginger Dead Man movies. Um, one I would want to watch is the the Mythed one, the sequel to Freddy vs. Jason, where I think they would have incorporated Ash from the Evil Dead series into them. So it would have been Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, which there are comic books for, but they were supposed to do a movie and they never did. Uh, so that would be really interesting because I'd love to see how they blend the universes of like the Necronomicon and Freddy and Jason Voorhees. And I remember from Freddy versus Jason, there was also a behind the scenes uh, part on that DVD, which I did watch. Haha. <laughs> Um, welcome to the club of like five. Uh, I watched it and the, the director was saying that one of the original concepts was that when Freddie and Jason killed each other, they would shoot a scene, which they didn't do cause it ended up being too expensive, but it's a scene where Freddie and Jason end up back in hell and they're in like some kind of arena. And in the arena, you could see glimpses of different demons, which include other, iconic horror film uh villains like chucky um you know demons poltergeist stuff like that um and then they would begin to fight again with like people cheering them on in hell and then all of a sudden they get separated by a bunch of chains and then pinhead from the hellraiser series comes down and he's just like Oh, it looks like you two are back. Let's let's say we make this a entertaining fight this time. And then it just insinuates that they all exist in the same universe and that the Cenobites from the Hellraiser series are truly like what they are in their own films which are uh, essentially jail wardens of hell, uh which would have been really cool, I think, to to see that universe in action and see all those horror icons interact with one another. Um, so yeah, that's what I would want to see, but again, it wouldn't be necessarily an incredible movie. It would just be really entertaining, especially as horror buffs. But what about you, man? No, no, no. What you just described sounded like the best thing I've ever heard in my life, in my 28 years of existing. <laughs> I think that's what everyone who has this weird fascination with horror like we do want, like at a like a comic book nerd level, like who would win in a fight? Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers. Like that's the stuff we said as like respective eleven year olds or the watching Chancla. these movies. <laughs> well, the Chancla wins actually. The Chancla is like the Zeno of this universe. Zeno from Dragon Ball Super. Like it is the god. Chancla defeats all good and evil. Um but dude, that sounds awesome. That's what I, I would love that. I don't know how that would happen. I would have to do my research on what IPs belong to what uh, film production oh, it would studio. Be impo- it would be impossible. Right. Almost impossible. It's like you would have to do something. Whatever they did with uh, uh, what, what was that Steven Spielberg virtual video game? Re- Ready Player One. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they did with that one, but you would have to do something of that level. Like the combination of IPs between like Chucky, which belongs. I- I'm going to get them wrong. It's either like Miramax or someone like that. Um. But it's just there's so many different IPs, different studios. It would be it seems impossible to do it unless us Malum, Malum Pictures 
buys all those rights eventually. Uh, 40-year-old goals. But that sounds awesome. I love the idea of, like, Hellraiser being, like, the mediator of all this shit because, you know, his domain is hell. And all these different entities are, you know, different extensions of punishments that the rulers of hell want to implement on humanity. And they sent out Chucky for some shit. They sent back Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers. Um, all these people that keep dying, like actually dying, it seems to be in the movie they're in, but then they keep coming back. Uh, yeah, that could be a great overhaul of the reason behind that. So I would love like an epic overall franchise brawl. Um, if you can't just do like the catch all like that. Um, it's interesting because I always want to see like, like as a, as a kid who grew up with like WWF slash WWE and comic books and stuff, I always had those debates like who would defeat who. So like Jason Voorhees versus Michael Myers, like Friday the 13th slash Halloween. Um, that sounds cool to me only in like an anime version of what that would be, like seeing those characters fight each other. Otherwise, I think it would be mostly boring because those characters are super similar. They're those big bulky dudes with big ass knives that kill people silently as they slowly walk to each other. That's why Freddy versus Jason worked because Freddy is the quick-witted, animated, quick slashing, shit-talking. Like, he's a dude, he's the nigga who's on the basketball court just talking shit the entire time. That's him. He get on your skin with that. And Jason is just like the bulky, like, muscle who's just intimidating by silence, size, and slow and he's like this it's like uh the fast zombies versus slow zombies that's kind of how their dynamic work together so i think you need that so it'd be kind of cool to see another dynamic like that i think what could be entertaining is uh chucky versus something like the ginger dead brand which they're like the same kind of people chucky is obviously funnier but they have the same kind of thing of like possessing different objects and then talking some weird doll cookie-esque pun before killing someone. Like, that's their whole spiel. Maybe, okay, maybe a tag team. Maybe you have, like, Chucky and the Evil Dead, uh, uh, or uh, the Evil Ginger Dead Man versus, like, I don't know, who's a good who's a good counter to them? Like, Jason and Michael Myers. Like, something like that. I, I need, I want, like, a battle royale, like you mentioned, but with multiple characters. So, Full Moon pictures or production whatever you're called get out there talk to these characters i need to see more like i think the best verses i've seen actually I, I got sad when i said that because there's not i don't think there's good versus movies out there maybe alien versus predator i don't actually oh, i don't man, like Freddy versus Jason. Versus i don't like it <laughs> it's uh it doesn't do it for me it's like there's just also too little Freddy versus jason but it was way too loony it was like see to chucky level of comedy that they try to do there. But that's yeah. like, yeah. And again, it had some pretty really ridiculously racist moments. Like when, um, the one singer from Kelly Rowland, she was in that film. Uh, God, she's like she making was, fun of Freddie. Yeah. And she was just like making fun of Freddie's like, you know, glove with the blades. And Freddie's just like, Ooh, I like dark meat. I'm like, Oh, even as a child, I was like, Oh, yeah. Come on, guys. Oh, no, you're we right. Do, it's, we do better than that. It, it's weird, too, because I feel like anytime a movie like this exists, like most movies, 
like this. Like even with Ginger Deadman, he had some of those off off color off color comments too. Anytime it involved him interacting with someone who was not white, like anytime there's someone who's any kind of tan, brown, black, then that denotes racial commentary. It's it's, it's like ten year old level of like lunchroom roasting sessions where you're just picking superficial stuff to make fun about make fun of someone and for some reason if you're black that's then the go-to target is skin color so yeah you're right like that movie did the same shit it did the same shit i feel like alien versus predator which also isn't a good movie for me at least was a at least the most entertaining one like you had them utilizing their skill set to try to kill each other at the very least you got that Predator versus jason it was just fucking weird like you had like I don't know. It just didn't interact very well. Uh, that would probably be the second best one if I could think of it. Who would you think is the biggest, the, the better shit talker? Uh, Freddy or Chucky? Chucky. Hands down, Chucky. Think so? Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, I, I say hands down. No, I don't know. I, I will retract hands down. But Chucky, I think, has been consistently the wittier of the horror icons for me freddy's fucking hilarious and they they kind of like double down on that as the series ages he comes way more comedy than horror freddy has some classic lines but i just feel like the chucky lines hit with me the best like they just hit with me the best all right well let us know in the comment section who who do you think the better the better shit talker is in terms of your verses question from earlier um clearly the best one is actually the spoof from mad tv where they did Freddy versus Jason versus Snuggles. Ooh, uh, damn, good pull. Yeah. Good yeah. pull. Yep. Yep. That's the one right there. If you haven't seen that or don't <laughs> know what we're talking about, watch it on YouTube. They still have it. Freddy versus Jason versus Snuggles. They It was a promotion for the film. Like They just made fun of it. It was so terrifying. So terrifying. Um, and then in terms of um, just final comments on the Ginger Dead Man series, so we can put this cookie to rest. Uh, again, gotta go back to Mad TV. Ginger Dead Man reminds me of the Pillsbury Doughboy from uh, Klops, the Klops skit from Mad TV, where it's just like this. <laughs> yes. is, they make fun of the Pillsbury Doughboy. He goes insane, and he's just like, "I'm tired of goes people giving me spree. the finger. Here's your finger, your finger man. man!" And he just like flips them off, and then they try shooting him, and he just bounces the bullets off, and he's just go, <laughs> "Like that's that's what the Ginger Dead Man is essentially." Uh, so definitely check out those two clips from YouTube. Uh, yeah, you won't be disappointed. Honestly, Mad TV is underrated. There's a lot of SNL fans out there. I grew up. I feel like my Tan Clan grew up with Mad TV. Fucking underrated. Watch those skits. That'll give you a taste of it. And I think that'll pretty much do it for this episode. Uh, happy April Fools! Uh, you're welcome. Also, so we're I, sorry at the same time. No, I'm not sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> This is what you get. Uh, but, you know, obviously with everything going on, we thought this would be a pretty fun episode for everybody. Uh, if you have the time, which I think you will, hopefully you'll find other more productive things to do. But if you don't, watch these movies. Tell us what you think. And uh, I think at this point it's just a healthy plug is in order, sir. Well, hey, I'll echo everything you said, too. Like, we watched this movie. We watched the series for you guys. I rewatched all four of these movies. Pretty much just yesterday. I finished at around 3 a.m. today. Um, and they're ridiculous. And if you participate in such vices, such as weed and alcohol, 
then I heavily recommend watching those movies while consuming a healthy amount of both of those things. Because otherwise, it won't be a great time. But if you can watch this with anyone you're quarantined with, you got, you know, you're passing a pipe around, passing a bong, passing a doobie. A weed uh, cookie. Take some shots as well. And just enjoy the nonsensical, non-canonical, belligerent, sometimes racist, over-the-top, low-budgeted series of The Ginger Dead Man and, hey, The Evil Bong too, And just have have as good of a time as you can. Well, we're going to get through this quarantine together or not. Maybe by the end of this, we'll be haunted by ginger dead man like figures in real life. I don't know what this world is going to come to, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happens next. Um, but until then, hope you enjoyed this April Fool's special edition of After the Act. Find more episodes of After the Act on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you normally f- listen to podcasts. If we are not currently on your podcast platform of choice, let us know. We'll get on there. You can find all of our work at malampictures.com, including the highly irreverent podcast, The Magic Conch Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at After the Act. Tune in next time where we'll be talking about whatever the hell is out because movie theaters are in shambles, as is the country. But After the Act is still here for you. So tune in next time. Keep it locked. Watch out for gingerbread man cookies and whatever you're smoking. Did we really just talk about ginger dead man for an hour and 20 minutes? Nice. We did. Let us never do that again. Unless they come up with another movie. Then I'm saying it right here. We got to do one of that. We got to do a review of that. It's going to happen. The bakery won't stay closed forever. It will open again someday. (laughs) It will rise again. It will rise. We will rise again. Peace. Peace. Here. Don't worry. I can handle this. Now it's time to meet your maker. Prepare to face the butcher baker. For tonight, your ass is toast. You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> <laughs>